This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarulo. What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome back to another Legal Hands to the Face podcast. What a few days it has been for Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. I still cannot believe some of the things that this guy was able to pull off this weekend. I mean, if you're a GM in the NFL and you see that 215 number showing up on your cell phone, what are you even answering it for? This guy is playing on a different level, and we are lucky as Philadelphia fans. I know this is just on paper. I know everyone puts grades on these NFL drafts. It's impossible to tell, really, for another two to three years on how these draft picks pan out. But you look at it on paper, this was an unbelievable weekend for the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a stacked roster. They went to the Super Bowl last year. The NFC, in my opinion, has only gotten weaker, and the Philadelphia Eagles keep getting better. But let's just take a look. I'm going to analyze all these draft picks for you in a second. But I want to go back to 2020 when Howie Roseman made what was really almost a fireable offense when he drafted Jalen Rager with the 21st pick one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson, who's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day and go down as one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, Howie Roseman picks Jalen Rager. Horrible. But let's look at his top picks since that Jalen Rager mistake. Well, first of all, in 2020, he takes Jalen Hurts at pick 53 in the second round. So that makes up for almost anything he did in the 2020 draft. Well, let's flash forward then to 2021. He trades up to leapfrog the New York football giants to take Devontae Smith at number 10. He takes Landon Dickerson, Pro Bowl guard, in the second round at number 37. And he gets Milton Williams, the defensive tackle, at the, in the third round, number 73. What a draft he had following up that Rager mistake. But he wasn't done. He then go to 2022. He trades up to take Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis at 13. He gets center Cam Jurgens in the second round at 51, who may be our starting guard this year. He takes N'Kobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia, in the third round at number 83. And let's not forget, he trades with the Tennessee Titans for A.J. Brown. That was all done in 2022. And then we look at this 2023 draft, and he somehow comes out of this draft with one of the best players in the draft, Jalen Carter at defensive tackle, Nolan Smith on the edge, and DeAndre Swift, local kid from St. Joe's Prep. He is now our running back, and all he has to do is give up a 2025 fourth rounder. That is unbelievable work by Howie Roseman. Let, let's just say a little prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, Howie be thy name. Howie Roseman is unfreaking believable. But let's start going through some of these draft picks. And then I want to talk a little bit about DeAndre Smith as well. So Jalen Carter, leading up to the draft, I was saying all along on our social media channels. And guys, if you're not following yet, please head over to Instagram right now. Look at Legal Hands to the Face and give us a follow. We're posting daily content there. We were posting multiple videos a day leading up to the draft. We were very excited about the draft. But we're on TikTok, YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, like us everywhere, share, follow. The more Eagles fans we can get, the better. We appreciate the support. But leading up to the draft, I was really high on Jalen Carter, as was a lot of other people. What made him fall, we all know. He had that incident off the field. He shows up to his pro day out of shape. 
but I have a lot of faith in the Philadelphia Eagles. I used to work down there. I know their head of security and the assistant to the GM, Dom DeSandro. He's a great guy. He knows what he is doing. If they looked into this guy, they talked to teammates, Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean. They knew what they were getting, and he now comes in, Jalen Carter, to a great culture with all the talent in the world. They only have to give up a 2024 fourth rounder to move up one spot. That was surprising to me. I thought that they were going to have to leapfrog the Chicago Bears. I felt that if Jalen Carter had fallen past the Seattle Seahawks at five, that the Eagles were going to try to move up to either the sixth, seventh, or eighth pick to leapfrog the Chicago Bears. I did a video on this. I thought if they wanted to get to seven, it would take a second rounder. If they wanted to get to eight, it would take a third rounder based off of the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart that is somehow still accurate. He put it together in the 90s, and it's still pretty damn accurate. Check it out. I did a video on Instagram on that. But they only have to give up a fourth rounder to move up to number nine flip-flopping picks with Chicago, and they draft Jalen Carter. I've talked at length about this guy. He is an absolute beast who has the potential to be an all-pro defensive tackle. He's 6'3", 310 pounds. He was unanimous All-American in 2022, a first-team All-SEC in 2022, a two-time national champion at Georgia. He is an absolute freak athlete. He's strong. He's quick. He can stop the run, and he can generate pressure on the quarterback from the interior, something that is so important. I mean, I don't care how good your offense is. If you can't prevent interior pressure on your quarterback, you are in trouble. This guy has the potential to be an absolute beast. And it was a position of need for the Eagles. So not only do they take the best player available, it was a position of need. You knew they lost Javon Hargrave to the 49ers. You have Fletcher Cox on a one-year deal. He's getting older. This could be his last year with the Eagles, maybe his last year in the NFL. You had to replenish that defensive tackle position, and now they are in some really good shape. They have Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, really, really good shape. So what do they do at 30? Somehow the guy that I thought they could potentially take at number 10, Nolan Smith, falls to them at number 30. I still don't understand it. I mean, I guess some teams were thinking he's a little bit undersized, which he is. He's only 6'2", 235 pounds. We've talked about this before. So is Hassan Reddick. And we know what Hassan Reddick's been able to do for this Philadelphia Eagles team. But Nolan Smith, another Georgia Bulldog, another two-time national champion, another freak athlete. He ran the 40-yard dash in 4.39. He had a 41-and-a-half-inch vertical a 10-foot, 8-inch broad jump, an absolute freak athlete. He tore his pec in October of 2022, ending his season at Georgia. Should be okay. That's not a really a lingering injury. And he is a leader. Now that I've seen him talk, now that he's had a few press conferences with the Philadelphia Eagles, this is a guy that you could see being a captain on that defense. That's how well-spoken he is and how much of a leader he is. And I think it tells you a lot that at his draft party, both N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis are there celebrating this guy. They didn't know he was going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles at 30, but they're there. That's how much respect and support they have for each other. Absolutely love it. So then what do the Eagles do after the first round? They trade their second-round pick, their number 62nd pick. They trade it to Houston. They only move back three spots into the third round to number 65. They pick up pick 230 in the process, and they get another 
guy who's got a lot of potential that fills a position of need at 65. They draft, they draft offensive linemen out of Alabama, Tyler Steen. This was a kid who started his college career at Vanderbilt. He transferred to Alabama for his final year of eligibility. He's 6'5", 315 pounds. Now, he played tackle at Vanderbilt, and he played tackle at Alabama. I don't think he's going to play tackle in the NFL, not only because the Eagles have two stud tackles in Jordan Maialata and Lane Johnson, but he his physical attributes are more of a guard in the NFL. You look at his arm length, and that's not – really all it's based on, but arm length is very important in the NFL when you're talking about tackles. His arms are 32 and three-quarter inches. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's look at Jordan Maialata and Lane Johnson. Jordan Maialata's arms are 35 and a half inches long. Lane Johnson's are 35 and a quarter inch long. So this guy's arms are almost three inches shorter than those two stud tackles. So that's why I think he projects more as a guard, but He's very good. He's strong. He needs to work on his technique. And if there's any coach that's going to be able to help him with his technique, it's offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland for the Philadelphia Eagles. But this is a kid. He started all 13 games for Alabama. He was a second-team All-SEC player. I think he's going to come in. He's going to battle with Cam Jurgens for that right guard position. Isaac Sayamala is no longer with the Eagles. Who is the starting right guard? I think you'll see a nice training camp battle between Cam Jurgens and Tyler Steen. Still too early to tell who's going to win that. We've not seen Cam Jurgens play guard. We really haven't seen Tyler Steen go up against the NFL caliber players. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. But even if Steen doesn't win the starting job and Jurgen does, this is a guy who adds versatility and depth to that offensive line. He does have the ability to play tackle if for some reason we need him to step in for Johnson or Maialata. So I really like that move as well. The Eagles then have a pick right after that, number 66. Well, how did they get pick number 66? They had pick 94 in the third round. Well, the reason they have pick 66 is Jonathan Gannon, one of the most polarizing figures from last year's season. A lot of fans weren't, weren't happy with him. Well, leading up to the Super Bowl, he had indicated he wasn't going to talk to any teams about a head coaching job, and he was staying in Philadelphia. Well, it seemed a little bit shady at the time. Right after the Super Bowl, he gets hired by the Arizona Cardinals almost immediately. Well, we find out now that in the days after the NFC Championship game, Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals general manager were having discussions, which violates the NFL tampering rules. You are not allowed to have conversations with coaches of other teams during that Super Bowl week. Well, Gannon was talking to the Cardinals. That was a violation. Really pisses you off, too, especially the fact that the Eagles lost that Super Bowl. There's been some reports that in the after party, when all the Eagles players and coaches were dejected, Jonathan Gannon was very, very happy. Well, now we know why, because he already knew he was getting the head coaching job with Arizona. So it's interesting. The NFL doesn't penalize Arizona. The Eagles and Arizona enter into a settlement. So the Eagles get the Arizona Cardinals third round pick, number 66. In exchange, they send their third round pick, which was number 94, and a fifth rounder in 2024. And with the 66th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles make a really good move. I like this kid a lot. They take safety out of Illinois, Sidney Brown. He's got a lot of upside. And if you look at this guy, there's a video on YouTube. NFL 360 did a piece on Tyler and his twin brother. They had a very, excuse me, not Tyler, Sydney and his twin brother. They had a really, really tough life. Grew up in London, Ontario to a single mom. 
in extreme poverty. I mean, they had to bounce around. They stayed in shelters at times. You know, it's it's very, very interesting story, a compelling story. And in fact, Howie Roseman has said that Sidney Brown received the red star from them in the draft process. What a red star is, as Howie explained it, is it's a guy who's got great character, who was a captain, has excellent testing numbers, intelligent, and plays and practices the way you should. The people around the NovaCare facility love this guy, Sidney Brown. They love his work ethic. And if you watch that story that they did on him and his brother on NFL 360, his twin brother's name is Chase, also played at Illinois, you can see why this guy's got a lot of character. But at Illinois, he played a lot in the box. He didn't play a lot of coverage as much over the top as you would expect from a safety. He played a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. He blitzed a lot. He was good against the run. He's 5'10", 211 pounds. He runs the 40-yard dash in 4-4-7. He was a first-team All-Big Ten last year. He still needs to work on some of his technique. He's not very good in man coverage. Sometimes he's not quick coming in and out of breaks. And surprisingly, as hard as this guy hits, if you look up some YouTube highlights, man, this guy brings it. He had too many missed tackles, and I think that comes down to technique, not wrapping his arms. But this is a guy, again, that should help immediately on special teams. Not sure if he cracks the lineup. They bring in Terrell Edmonds. They still have Reed Blankenship. But that special teams unit was a unit that struggled all season last year. This is a guy that could hopefully step in and help out that special teams unit. Well, after they take Tyler Steen and Sidney Brown, Howie Roseman works his magic again. He makes a trade for DeAndre Swift, local kid out of Philadelphia, played his high school ball at St. Joe's Prep, and it's just unbelievable what this guy has been able to do, Howie Roseman. We knew that Swift was probably available after the Detroit Lions took Jameer Gibbs in the first round, which still surprises me. I mean, we were debating leading up to this draft if Bijan Robinson at eight was too high. Well, Jameer Gibbs, who I thought the Eagles could potentially take in the second round, gets taken by the Detroit Lions in the top 15 picks. I think they take him at number 12, which was crazy, but we knew Smith was going to be available. Howie Roseman gets him for a fourth rounder. You know, there's some talk on social media that DeAndre Swift can't stay healthy. There's some truth in that. He hasn't played a full season, but he has averaged 13 games a year in his three years in, in Detroit. Hopefully the Eagles can put some things in place to keep him healthy because when he is, he is an absolute beast. He had in three years at Detroit 1,680 yards rushing. He had 4.6 yards per carry. He had 18 touches on the ground. But what I really love about this guy is his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. It was something that was missing from the Eagles offense last year, and DeAndre Swift brings it. In three years, he had 156 catches, close to 1,200 yards, and seven touchdowns. That's an average of 50 catches a year. To put that into perspective, after Miles Sanders' rookie season, he had a lot of catches his rookie season. But after that, in the last three years, Miles Sanders only averaged 25 catches a year. You know, in Kenny Gainwell's two years with the Eagles, he's only averaging 28 catches a year. So you put a guy on this offense that's averaging over 50 receptions a year who has the ability every time he touches the ball to break a long one for a touchdown, and this offense is scary. You now bring in DeAndre Swift to a running back room that already has Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. Not sure now if Trey Sermon's going to make the team. I thought they kept him around last year because they were high on him. I still think they were, but when you bring in a guy like DeAndre Swift, we'll see how that all works out. 
Now, the only thing that Trey Sermon has going for him is Swift is a little bit similar to Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, that smaller size running back. I think they're definitely going to keep Rashad Penny because of his ability to also hit a home run every time he touches the ball. He's a little bit bigger. Now you have Trey Sermon. Could he be your short yardage guy? It'll be fun to watch. But DeAndre Swift, a great pickup, and he's coming back to Philly. This is going to be awesome. So after that, they come to the fourth round. And the Eagles must have really liked this guy because they traded a 2024 third-round pick to move up into the fourth round to take another Georgia Bulldog. Keely Ringo, a cornerback who has a lot of speed, a lot of strength, needs to work on his technique as well, definitely needs to work on his technique. Sometimes he gets in trouble you know, in coverage, but he's young, he's big, He's fast, and it's at a position where you don't need him to step in and play immediately. That's what's nice about it. He's a cornerback. You already have James Bradbury. You already have Darius Slay. This gives him the ability to come in and learn from all pro players like those two guys on how to play corner. And also Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox is also very good, so if he can start to teach this kid you know, how to play at the professional level, watch out because Keely Ringo has all the attributes of a CB1, speed and strength. And hopefully, just like Sidney Brown, Keely Ringo can come in and help out that special teams unit that struggled last season. And another Georgia Bulldog. It's almost getting ridiculous at this point. Five Georgia Bulldogs in the last two years from that unbelievable record-setting defense from two years ago. The Eagles then finish out the draft. They take a quarterback in the sixth round, Tanner McKee out of Stanford. He's 23 years old, was a two-year starter there. You like that move. You take a quarterback late. You need depth at that position for sure. And in the seventh round, this was actually a guy that Ray Dittinger had as, as a sleeper. The Eagles take Moro Ajomo from Texas, a D-tackle who was from Nigeria, did not play varsity football until his junior year of high school, went on to Texas, had a pretty good couple years in Texas, and he's got a lot of potential. I don't know if this is a guy that's going to step in. You don't know if he's going to be able to make the team. Maybe he's a practice squad guy, but a lot of potential, a lot of physical attributes. They then make some moves in the undrafted free agent ranks. They take a wide receiver from Clemson, a linebacker from Michigan State, Another offensive lineman, another corner, actually a couple corners. But the big one I like is they they finally bring in a punter to compete with Aaron Sippos. We know that the punting was a problem last season. They bring in Ty Zetner from Kansas State. He averaged 44 and a half yards a punt last year. He had 27 punts inside the 20-yard line. So this is at least a guy that will come into camp and compete with Aaron Sippos for that punting position. But really, guys, an unbelievable weekend for Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. I know, like we said, this is only on paper, but on paper, the Eagles are by far the best team in the NFC. But you got to get to work and you got to do it on the field. But guys, check us out. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, share the podcast with your friends. Go on our social media channels, like, follow, please. The more Eagles fans we can get, the better. Love talking to you guys. I'm going to be coming every single week. We'll start breaking down the potential roster. We'll look at different players every single week leading up to it. Man, I can't wait. We got a while till the season, but I am excited. I'm sure you guys are too. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Birds!